If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt and nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis' ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Alright everybody, welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I am Dale Luganville. Thank you very much for joining me. If you haven't done so yet, please go like and follow, share all that stuff with my social medias on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all that. Let's continue to grow this network. Um, Good things are happening. I'm super proud of it. I can't thank you guys enough uh, that are following along and helping me out. You guys are the best. I really, really really appreciate it so with that said let's get to this week's recap and rant i got a fair amount to recap because i didn't have one last week sorry about that but it's not entirely my fault um two things one i didn't really have much to recap because uh we took a trip to south carolina my wife and i this wasn't a fishing trip or hunting trip or anything like that it was just a a couple's getaway kind of a thing. Um, and my brother lives in South Carolina, for those of you not paying along, paying attention. Um, so we hung out with him. Uh, we had some, you know, went out to dinner, had some good meals. Um, by the way, if you've never been to Charleston, you really need to go to Charleston, South Carolina. This uh, this is one of my favorite places. I've been here a couple times, I guess more than a couple, a few times. <sighs> The, the, the city, the town, whatever you want to call it. Like, I call it, like, the biggest small town in America. Like, it just has that small town, super welcoming feel to it. Tons of character, tons of history. It was a little different this time around due to bullshit COVID. 
um, because, you know, bars are shutting down at 10 o'clock or whatever. But usually when life is going on as normal, there's great – well, this is still true. There is great food to be had in Charleston. But usually on top of that great food and all those smells coming from all these great restaurants and then you got the smell of the ocean right there – you have music coming from everywhere. It's such a musical town. And then with the old architecture and all the, the history, it's just an awesome town. I'm sorry, I didn't make, mean to make this a, a, an ad for Visit Charleston, South Carolina. Um, but, but seriously, you'll love it. Go to Charleston. It's awesome. It's a great town. If you haven't added that to your list of things to see in this country, just do it. You, you, you can thank me later. Uh, it's a great town. So anyways, we go there. Um, of course, I'm there. I am going to fish at least part of a day. And uh, so we did do that. It was uh, um, a week ago Saturday. Uh, it was The fishing was tough, man. We found fish, and we were, we were fishing for redfish. And uh, we actually found some schools, found a good, you know, we're fishing the spot. And we look up, I'm like, that's a push up there. And we look up upstream, we're like, oh. Shit, yeah, it is. So we go up there, and we're surrounded by fish. We're casting into them, and they're, you know, we can see them swirling and swimming, and it's like we could not get bit. We tried every artificial we could. Now, we did not have any bait of any kind, dead or alive, with us other than artificial. So um, we found out after the fact that that was kind of the problem, or at least could be part of the problem. We had read a report online of this guy who was fishing out of his kayak way up creek. So it wasn't really what we were doing. Um, but he was saying that they were like super, the the bite was super light. They're really skittish. Like he would have a piece of cut bait out there, cut mullet or whatever. And he would just go to check his line. Like he didn't get a bite or anything. He would just go to check it or move it or refresh the bait. And all of a sudden, oh shit, there's one on there. So they're like, oh, okay, well, that sucks. We didn't know about that. I was supposed to fly out Monday, and that was the only day I had to fish. So we didn't really have anything um, to report for a weekend recap and rant. Or what. I, didn't, I didn't really do anything outdoors. I had that one small event. We only fished for, I don't know, four or five hours, and there wasn't really anything to report other than we suck. And um, so that was that. Plus, I didn't bring my recording stuff with me because I knew I was going to be flying home uh, Monday. So... If I chose to do a weekend recap and rant, I would have done it Monday night after we got home or first thing Tuesday morning. Well, that winter storm that hit the Midwest all the way down to Tejas and is killing all sorts of fish down there and is freaking all the Texas residents out and uh, all the people that came from that have moved from L.A. to <laughs> Texas immediately got a dose of reality in that they started questioning their choice to move to Texas. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll be okay. Um, however, yeah, that storm. So we go to check in to our flight on Monday, and it's not letting us check in. We're like invalid code or this, that, and we're like, what? the hell is going on so we pull up the e the email and find out we get this email from southwest that says we have rebooked you what you've done what why what why have you rebooked us and so we look at it and the date is for two days from the date that we're there we're like what the hell is going on so we go to the airport and we're like trying to get or you know a flight somewhere you know a different flight and like 
we can drive to Charlotte. Charlotte's four hours away. We can fly out of Charlotte. You got any flights out there? Nope, 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 nothing. So this storm in the Midwest had, like, Dallas shut down for obvious reasons. And you're like, well, what does that have to do with South Carolina? Well, Dallas is one of Southwest's, like, biggest hubs. It's like that in Baltimore. So it apparently had everything screwed up. We even tried to book with other airlines, and there was nothing that we could get on that was at least reasonably priced. And I mean reasonably priced, like, under 800 It was stupid. So looks like we have a couple extra days in uh, Charleston. I mean, there's worse fates. The good part about this is that this, like Charleston or the southeast part of this, the country was like one of the few places not affected by this storm. So it was kind of rainy and dreary, um, but I was not complaining because back home in Minnesota, it was like 30 below zero. So uh, I'm not going to complain about 50. Uh, I'll be fine. I think I can survive this. Uh, but we did have to find a new room. We found rooms. Um, and fish, I'm like, well, if I want to be here, I might as well fish another day. And I didn't have to twist my brother's arm too much. So that following Tuesday, we actually had nice, sunshiny weather. But this time, we got bait. Went and got some live mud minnows, and we got some um, uh, frozen mullet, some big, giant mullet. We are just going to use as cut bait. So we went and we checked some spots, and we again, we found a couple schools of fish, and we were using artificials, couldn't get the bite, couldn't get the bite, and I don't know why. We we had we didn't try cut bait yet. We were trying, uh, we had live uh, mud minnows out there, and those weren't getting hit, and we could see fish swirling around. So like, well, let's see if we can find a more active school. So we go to this other spot, and we find this big, giant school, and they're in super skinny water. I mean, I'm talking like a foot. Of water, like we were basically beached at low tide. Like we couldn't at this at this point, we couldn't move really if we wanted to outside of hopping out and pushing off of where we were at, which was fine because there was fish all around us. We just couldn't get them to bite. So we're like, all right, well let's try some of this mullet. We cut up some mullet and we throw that out there. We're not getting bit right away. Now here comes flipper. Well, let me back up. First of all, with the first spot we pulled up to. I don't know what it was, like my second or third cast, I caught a sea trout, a speckled trout. I was like, oh, well, here we go. We got the skunk off the boat. Uh, this could be good. Well, that was the last fish we caught for, like, forever until this spot that I'm telling you about. So, anyways, now we're at this spot, and there's fish everywhere. We can see them swirling right in front of us. There, There's a push way down the, the, the beach. down there. Like, there's this is a big school, and the ones that we're seeing better than average. Like, these are these are good reds. And all of a sudden, here comes Flipper. Here comes a dolphin coming up. We're like, well, this isn't going to help. This is going to shoot everything right in the ass. And he proceeds to go past us, goes down the line, and starts thrashing. It was quite the show. Like, they'll get up in the shallows, and they'll literally, like, slap their tail and swirl. They'll do, like, donuts, and they slap their tail to try to stun these reds so that they can eat them. It was pretty wild. And we're like, well, <laughs> he is totally blowing out this spot. This kind of sucks. Right about the time he's doing that, we start getting bit. It was the craziest thing. We're like, oh, I got one. Oh, I got one. So we'd catch like three, four. Boom, 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 boom. And then they would just die off. And then it would be dead for like, I don't know, half hour. And we're like, wow, are they still, I think they might have moved on. And all of a sudden you'd see a push or you'd see a swirl or whatever. And it'd be right next to where your bait was. And they're not hitting anything. And again, we had live mullet where we had live uh, 
mud minnows out there, and we had a couple cut baits, and we even threw jigs around a couple times. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But then all of a sudden, you'd get bit. And it was like, if you got bit one, if you caught one, you caught four. And it was weird. Like, they never moved on. As the tide started to rise, we just had to keep pushing forward because they stayed in the skinniest water they possibly could, I'm sure, because they didn't want to get jacked by a dolphin. So, mental note, put that little tidbit in the old toolbox for the next time I go fishing down there. Good to know. Because part of my, like, freshwater mind started kicking in. I'm like, well, if they're not here, maybe they pushed out to that first break. Well, in hindsight, that's pretty stupid, right? Because it's like, if they pushed off to that first break, Flipper could eat them easy. So, they stay in the skinniest water they possibly can. It's amazing how well they hide in that shell of water because until they move you can't see them it's crazy um but if again add to the bucket list if you have not went and fished and caught a redfish put that on your bucket list because these things you, they you fish for them kind of like bass not so much with the cut bait and stuff like that but uh, other times of the year you can fish for them pretty much like bass and these things they're built more like carp they have they are all shoulders man these things are so strong it's so much fun when they start ripping off line oh dude it's a ton of fun um so sign up for that wherever go somewhere the redfish river louisiana we've been to louisiana if you want to go for just numbers holy crap louisiana has a just an absurd amount of of redfish of smaller redfish but if you go out into the gulf they have a large because they have so many little ones they also have a pretty good population of bulls as they call them big giant ones um and you can get those in the carolinas too and all the way down to florida and texas mississippi alabama all that stuff um all that water has reds but um, put reds on your list uh on your to-do list on the things to catch list uh you won't be disappointed they're they're super fun um so yeah we had some success my streak it took an act of god it took a huge weather issue but my streak is alive Every time I have traveled down there, I have caught fish. So if it wouldn't have been for getting our flight rescheduled, I wouldn't be able to say that. So got skunked one day, but we made up for it, and uh, streak is alive. So that was good. So anyways, we come back to Minnesota, missed the entire cold snap. Couldn't have planned it better. So we get back, and now we got pre-fishing to do. Um, the last full weekend before our tournament event coming up at the end of the month, February 28th, uh, literally the last day of February. Uh, it's on Cross Lake in uh, Pine City, Minnesota. So we head out there on Saturday, and uh, we go to check some pins that I had dropped, some spots I had found when I I took the boat out specifically for this purpose, to do some open water scouting um, for the winters, I could use my electronics, cover more water, uh, locate some schools or some areas at least that would kind of narrow down our search. So that's what I did. So we just pretty much started at the, the northernmost pin because that's kind of where the winter access is and uh, started working our way south of the lake. And every pin I checked was holding fish. However, we couldn't find any, like, legit schools of fish. They, they were super spread out. You'd catch one here, one there. You know, you, you might mark a few on your, your Vexlar, but you'd catch one. By the time you get back down there, they were gone. 
and it was really hard to put together like a legit pattern. It's just, I swear to God, you could just drill a hole anywhere in that lake as long as it was deeper than, I don't know, 15 feet, you probably would catch a fish. So the, the water's a little bit more stained in this lake. There are some weeds to be had, but I, uh, from what we've heard and what we've seen, they're not really holding in the weeds, at least right now. If I've learned anything from my tournament season thus far is that wherever I think they are is probably not where they're going to be come tournament day. So I'm not writing anything off as far as this lake is concerned. Um, but, yeah, the pins that we checked – had had fish on them and we actually we caught a couple um decent bluegills here and there nothing we would ever we would really call like a spot per se and the crappies are even more spread out and we hadn't really found any great spot we did we did stumble upon um one spot that I'm not going to say much because I don't want to give it away to any of my competitors that might be listening to this. Um, but I'm kind of excited about this spot. If this pattern holds, this could really play in the overall weight because the few fish we did pull off this spot were better than average. Um, they were good ones. And so we'd go back and check it from time to time and, there'd be another good one in it. So, as long as nobody else, I mean, this is a small spot. So as long as nobody else stumbles upon it, we don't have to share the spot. Um, it could really turn out good. Again, however, there, our pattern as of this year, our history, our record, we have not done well this year. Chances are when we need that spot to play out, it won't play out because the weather is warming up, things are changing, they're probably going to just completely change where they're at, and come tournament day, when we need them to be there, they'll just be gone. They're just, they're, they'll just be gone. That's I fully expect that to happen in my pessimistic view. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we're planning. Um, so we had fun. We went out, covered a fair amount of ground, still a ton of lake to cover yet. So Sunday rolls around, and well, Saturday I ended up I had a podcast scheduled, and I did a podcast, and you're gonna love this podcast. Uh, I did a podcast with a guy named Josh Wells. He has the Wells Outdoor Journal. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. He's got a YouTube channel where he has a bunch of videos on there. You're gonna love this guy's content, and this podcast was really good. Uh, like three hours, 40 minutes good. Like we couldn't stop talking. If it wasn't for the fact that I still had to get up and pre-fish the next day, I probably would have just kept rolling and talking to this cat. Like it was a really good podcast. Um, you're going to like it, so stay tuned for that. That's coming up this Thursday, um, the first Thursday in March, depending on when you listen to this episode. Uh, so, yeah, so I did that. Didn't get to bed till like midnight. Had to wake up early the next morning to go pre-fishing again. Oh, was I tired. <laughs> this is getting harder to do the older I get. This like few hours of sleep routine. I remember when I was like five hours was more than enough. If I only get five hours now, I'm basically uh, an extra on The Walking Dead. Like it's unreal. Um, and I, I think I only got like four and change that night, but 
anyways, we head out to the lake to check off some more spots. And this was one of those stereotypical, like, okay, this is turning out to be um, checking off dead water. Because um, the spots we checked, we weren't finding much. And what we did find, the bite was just tough. We were having a hell of a time getting fish to bite. We got fish to bite. And some of the fish we found were, were good ones. But it was a tough bite. It was a tough bite. And it's just when you're out there uh, pre-fishing, and like with this lake, you can't really use it. You can't see shit on the camera because the water's stained. They're in deeper water. Uh, at least the fish we found were. So the camera's pointless. So you have to fish for them to see what what you're dealing with. Um, and if they don't bite, it's pretty hard to see what you're dealing with. Uh, so that was our challenge that day. And we were checking off a lot of water. We did find some spots that were good enough that we caught some fish. There were the fish we were looking for. And then going off of what we caught and what we saw, even though we didn't catch them, we're just assuming they're also good fish. They're also the fish we want. Um, so we were kind of put... So we're kind of developing a little bit of a game plan here, a little bit of a milk run, and we have one more day to do it. Um, this coming Saturday will be our last day to pre-fish, and then it'll be the event, and then that's it. Minnesota Made Outdoors season will have come to a close. Um, we are not in the running for Team of the Year, not even remotely close. We've only made the top ten once, and that was at the 10th spot um but we still have a chance to to win a lake that would still be a very big moral victory it's not going to come easy every team out there is uh you know obviously wants to win too and there's a few teams out there that you know depending on what nick and lave do um you know they've been consistent this year they've done well but there's been some shakeups in the other positions so I feel like this year anything can kind of happen. So it's possible somebody could sneak sneak in a, a team of the year win over Nick and Leif. I mean, they're definitely the favorites right now, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a shakeup on this one. So we shall see. It's kind of going to come down to the fish bit really good on Saturday, and they didn't bite good on Sunday. So the same thing could kind of happen next week. As it stands right now, we all know seven days out, the weather forecast changes, you know, like ridiculously. Um, but right now they're forecasting a cold front, nice kind of warm Saturday, and then uh, north winds and cooler on Sunday, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. So we could be dealing with cold front conditions. Who knows? It could could be the same thing. Good bite Saturday, pre-fish and tough bite Sunday. Um, we won't know till we get there, but there could be a little bit of a shakeup here. So that's what I got for you as far as the the recap goes. Um, sorry if I'm blowing through this quickly. I'm only been talking for 20 minutes. Um, but that that's what we got. So I don't I don't I don't know what else to to share with you. I'll get into my rant. I'm, I might make this like a two rant thing because right now I'm gonna rant about something that's kind of personal. I've about had it with vehicle issues. Um, so the the my truck. I crashed it a month ago thanks to somebody not paying attention. Um, trying to cross Highway 10 somehow didn't see me. I still don't really know how that's possible. It's like early morning, headlights are on. I have a big truck. The intersection she's at to cross Highway 10 has those blinking yellow lights that literally say, if flashing, traffic is approaching. I don't know what to tell you, but somehow 
she thought she could cross freely. Um, she did not cross freely. Um, <laughs> she got right in my way, so there was a wreck. Um, fortunately, nobody was hurt. Fortunately, her insurance is covering it. Got it back from the the collision center. They did a great job. Um, but I started noticing this sound right away, or slowly, I should say. Well, that sound turned into a grind. And, of course, I haven't used it for weeks. I've been in South Carolina. Um, so I call the insurance company, see if they're going to, you know, what they're like, well, yeah, we'll definitely take a look at it. And if it's because of the wreck, obviously we'll cover it. But if it's normal wear and tear, you know, that's going to be on you, blah, 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 blah. Turns out I need a new rear end in the pickup truck. Um, and the best of our ability or their ability cannot find a way to tie this to the accident. So guess who's on the hook <laughs> to fix this thing? And, like, I need this truck. We could get by this weekend for the tournament. Not the biggest deal. A little bit of an inconvenience. inconvenience. Um, yeah, but we could figure it out, right? However, in the next couple weeks, I'm leaving the state. I'm going to guide snow goose hunts in the Dakotas. Mm, probably start in Missouri. But anyways, could be the Dakotas. Either way... I kind of need this truck. Uh, so, yeah, somewhere between two dollars to $3,000, depending on how bad the damage is inside once they fully get into it. So I'm going to have to dig into the couches and the car seats and the whatever to dream up that kind of cash because I don't have that just hanging around. So that's going to be fun. <sighs> so that's that rant. Um, that's kind of just my luck I've about had it with uh stuff in this truck um but <sighs> what are you gonna do right that's vehicles um overall the truck's been a pretty good truck i can't i can't be too mad at it, it does have 178,000 miles on it i mean shit's gonna break down especially as rough as i am on stuff but so that's that but that, that i just needed to vent that's not really my rant i just wanted to <sighs> Get that out there because I'm really frustrated. Been kind of down in the dumps today about it. But, you know, what are you going to do? Fix it. We'll figure out how to pay for it later, I guess. Might have to start stripping. Whatever. Hey, don't judge. You do what you got to do. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Um, but anyways, here here's another rant. I'll give you a bonus rant for today because this, one, this, this, this one's flying by. Sorry, Joel. Joel's like, where's my recap and rant? Like, this ain't help me get through the day, start my week off. And can you make it an hour long? I'm like, um, well, A, I try to keep these kind of short. And B, I don't know, sometimes they go quick and sometimes they go longer. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I think this one's going to be a quick one. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I'm perusing through Facebook. And there's a, uh, I don't want to put, I'm not going to put people on blast. Um so I'm going to keep this vague. Sorry, this is going to be one of those stories like, so this guy said about this other guy, and this thing happened, and then this other guy said, that thing's bullshit. It's going to be kind of one of those stories. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it vague, um, change the names to protect the innocent, if there even is such a thing. Um, point being, so there is a, 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 apparently there's a new, and I should probably look this up, but I'm not going to because I'm lazy. Um, there's a new Bass League starting which this might narrow it down for the people that are paying attention. So there's a, ba a new Bass League starting. It's their first year, and some 
YouTuber apparently has has joined it. He did the application process, blah 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 blah. He's paying for you know he's he's paying the entry fees, and so this guy makes a post about like, are you kidding me? This guy, like I know x amount of people that are so much more qualified to fish in this pro league than this guy blah 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 blah. and then you start reading the 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 comments and you know a lot of people are kind of coming to this other guy's defense like hey man like he's putting his money where his mouth is let's see let's see what he's got he's willing to to throw some stuff to throw some money at it and uh, see where he stacks up with the high probability that he's probably going to get his butt kicked. Like, who cares? And this guy's like, I see what you're saying, but I just feel like it would give some legitimacy to the to the league or to the event or whatever if they had better. Well, okay. So the, the things that popped into my head first was, what do you want? You want Seth Fighter to fish it? You want Kevin Van Dam to fish it? Mike Iconelli? Who do you want to fish this thing? Like, they're already in other leagues. Wh- which legitimate people are you talking about do you want in this league that aren't already busy in another league? That that's that's problem number one. Two, why do you care? Uh, or no, that that's not even two. That that's going to be three. Let's go. Let's go back to my original two that I meant that I meant to be my number two. My number two was how do you give legitimacy to a brand new league? What are you just going to go out and buy? Uh, pros to fish for your league, then you're going to rip at them from doing that. Remember when uh, MLF started grabbing everybody from BASS and FLW, and then when um, MLF bought FLW, like the shitstorm that came for that? Well, they're trying to make it legitimate, and you rake them over the coals for it. So now you got this brand new league that's trying to start up. They're trying to get traction. Um, they got some names in there. They got some some heavy hitters, but now they're they're taking a chance on some of these other people that might just have a, a big social media following. Maybe you do know 20 guys that could kick that guy's ass in a fishing tournament. But not everybody that is really good at fishing or bass fishing has the time to join one of these leagues, one of these tours, has the money to join one of these tours, and even has the interest to join one of these leagues. So... I don't know what this guy is hoping for. So you get back to point three, which is what I said was point two, but it's actually point three. Why do you care? How does this affect your everyday life if this guy is putting his own money up, his own time up to take a chance at this league? How does this affect you in your everyday life? Why do you care? Like somehow you're sitting at your computer, you're reading your phone like, I can't believe this guy... Why does it bother you so much? I think it might be time to take a little personal inventory to ask yourself, why am I bothered by this? This, this Whether this guy fishes this league or not, that I'm not going to fish, that I'm just watching from the sidelines, what the hell does it matter if this guy fishes this league or not or who they have on? They could have on... I don't know, pick some random celebrity. Who the hell cares? Gordon Ramsay could fish this thing. Maybe he's never fished in his life. Who cares? It's not your money. It's not your time. And if you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. How about that? 
like, I just don't understand this guy's line of thinking and why it bugged him so much that he had to make it a point to make a post on a group page on Facebook. I, I'm, but I am glad that enough people kind of came to this random dude's. I mean, I guess he's not random. I, I'm sorry if I don't. Maybe I should know who this guy is, but I don't. Um, I just don't. I, I'm not a like a serial YouTube watcher. Uh, I, to be honest with you, as a bass fisherman, as somebody who fishes like you know club event tournament stuff, like I, I'm small. You know, I'm I, I'm small time. I'm not big time. I, I'm just still trying to do well in my club, and my club's not even that big. Um, so who am I to say? But point being, it's like I, I don't. I don't even have time to even watch the bigs. You know, I'm doing this thing. I'm trying to put out three podcasts a week. I'm trying to pre-fish and plan for my own tournament leagues. Like, I don't have time to even watch, like, actually sit down and watch BASS, to watch MLF. Like, I just don't, you know, I try to stay up with it when I get stuff in my, you know, social media feeds or maybe a buddy tells me, hey, did you see this? I mean, I have the apps on my phone, but I never use them. I just don't have the time. And uh, so, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell this dude. Like, uh, get a hobby that isn't that doesn't involve just watching your phone. I mean, go out and fish. How about that? How about don't worry about what other people are fishing, what are they doing with their fishing career? How about you just go out and fish? Do you, dude? Like, it was just so crazy. But again, I, I am glad that a bunch of people kind of came to this guy's defense. Um. And they did a good job because I don't. They didn't really come to his defense. Really, it's kind of like what I was saying. They came to the defense of, "Hey, man, if this guy's willing to take a shot, let him have a shot. Like maybe he comes in dead last. So what? Who cares? This doesn't affect you. Like, if you feel like, well, I can't get my time back because I just watched this show for an hour. That's on you, dude. Nobody forced you to click on it. Nobody forced you to watch it." That 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 is all on you. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, so yeah. So if you're that guy and you listen to this show, sorry man. I, I don't I don't mean to be too harsh on you, um, but a little bit of tough love there. Like do some soul searching, do some self inventory as to why the hell that bothers you so much. Because it, it really shouldn't. That guy's the one putting. He's risking stuff. He's risking his money, his time. Maybe it's good for him. Maybe it's going to boost his, you know, give him some more exposure, which there's his motivation right there. If he's already in the social media space, um, why wouldn't he want to do that? And it could be good if he has a large following. I don't know what this guy's followers are like. Like I already admitted, I don't know who he is. So, But if he does have a large following, I assume he has a large following. The guy that made the post knew who he was. So clearly he's paying attention way more than I am. Um so it's good for the league trying to start out, right? So now now they're kind of tapping into this guy's market. Well, why wouldn't they do that? You know, they vetted him out. He did the application process. He sent them the money, everything. All the boxes got checked off. Let him take a run at it. See what he does. Might even shock you. Maybe he does really well. Could be one of those diamonds in the roof. It's like the American Idol of bass fishing. Who the hell knows, right? I kind of kind of rooting for him now. Even I don't know his name, but I'm kind of rooting for him. <laughs> so, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. So there you go. There's your weekend recap and rant. Again, sorry, Joel is a short one. Sucks to be you. Find a different podcast. <laughs> so, 
Uh, that's all I got for you. Um, coming up this week, uh, we have a waterfall Wednesday, hopefully. Um, also, that really good Thursday is going to drop a good one, everybody. This one's a deep dive. It's definitely not going to be your stereotypical outdoors podcast. Um, good motivational, inspirational stuff in this one. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please subscribe to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this um, so you don't miss this one. You're not going to want to miss this one. If you have anything that you've been sitting on, dreams, schemes, plans, whatever they may be, whether they're in the outdoor world or not, I don't care if you, you want to be the next Bob Ross painter. I don't care if you want to be the best uh, gadget designer, uh, spra, you know, Sprogs, whatever the thing is. I don't care what your thing is. It doesn't have to be outdoor. But the thing that you've been talking about for forever that you've always wanted to do, listen to this. Hopefully this puts you on track to start making the steps to make that dream, make your goals a reality. This, I'm telling you, three hours and 40 minutes. This one was three hours and 40 minutes. And I could have talked for longer, but I had to get up and I had to go fishing the next day. So, you know damn that clock but sometimes you gotta sleep anyways subscribe to it check it out it's gonna be awesome you're gonna love it thanks everybody for uh your support thank you for listening i appreciate it appreciate each and every one of you i'm gonna leave you with this because this upcoming podcast that i just previewed commercialized here we go boils down to this whatever your passion pursue it full scale Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.